Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Say Yes to Spirit, hosted by Leslie and Tracy. And 
Our job is to encourage you on your spiritual path. We have a caller from Area Code 305, and so just open the phone lines. And caller, do you have a question or a comment for us? Good morning. I'm in Florida, and I don't have a question. I just tuned in to see if I could adjust uh, or fine-tune my feelings today. Well, we are really glad to have you with us, and um, it's so great to have someone who, like Leslie and I, just want to say yes to spirit and want to do that in community. So stay on the line and listen in. And what does it, I'm curious, you said fine-tuning. What does that mean to you? How do you normally fine-tune, or do you have kind of things that you do that uh, work towards your fine-tuning or getting back on track? Well, um, I've been sort of off-key and off-tune according to what, you know, I've been getting back from the universe. So I'm trying to fine-tune it. I'm trying to search those hidden stations that you have to be very careful when you're tuning in order to get an accurate reception. Wow, I'm impressed that you, you've got all that down. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you're way ahead of uh, me a lot of times in my life. I'm so unaware that I'm unaware that, you know, weeks and months pass before I even get the awareness that I'm out of tune. So uh, very cool that you're aware of that. And um, I'm so excited that you called and shared that. And I'd love for you to call back and let us know how you're doing as you redefine the tune and and, and have opinions on some of the things that we talk about as far as how we get realigned. So awesome. Thank you. I so don't much. have a I don't I'm not on internet. My connection is off. So if you don't mind I'd like to listen to the show. Love it. Uh, yeah, for well, a little while I have some a call is coming in about half past the hour, but before that I'd like to listen. Good. Yeah. Just stay there. Thanks for calling in. So friendship today, it's really funny, you know, last week we talked about judgment and, you know, and how often we immediately go to negative judgment or when we think of judgment, we think of negative. So today we get to talk about friends and most of the time we think, oh, I've got cool friends or my friends are great. Mm -hmm. But today we're going to talk about our friends in the context of how do your friends help you say yes to spirit or how do your friends get in the way? Mm. of you saying yes to spirit. Gandhi said, Mohandas Gandhi said, only between like natures can friendships be altogether worthy and enduring. Say that again. Only between like natures can friendships be altogether worthy and enduring. Okay. And so, you know, that kind of connects with the... Senegal proverb, Senegalese proverb. It connects with what so many of our parents told us, birds of a feather flock together. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I do think about, it makes me think about, if I were to make a list mm-hmm. of the ten friends I've spent the most time with in the last two or three months, mm-hmm. What would that say about my spiritual practice, my spiritual beliefs, the way that God shows up in the world in my day? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. <laughs> sure, Tracy. Well, what would that say? Well, I just thought of that uh-huh. just now. Uh-huh. So, but it, wouldn't that be interesting if someone was running a video cam of your life, reality TV, And, you know, then you look at who are the ten friends I spend the most time with or the ten people I spend the most time with. And, you know, like like you said a few minutes ago, it's really cool that we have a friendship and we know that because we're doing Say Yes to Spirit, because we're involved with GodInMyDay.com, and, you know, a lot of the things we do together and talk about together are very affirming Mm -hmm. to keep, um, grounded and connected to the spiritual flow. Mm-hmm. I can't say that about all of the people I consider my friends, but mm-hmm. there are my friends, you know. Right. So I think about people I've met at different stages of my life who are still my friends. You know, do they understand where I'm coming from? Sometimes they don't. 
what about friends who, you know, you and I have, have had who met us when we were in a different spiritual path or from a different religious, have a different religious perspective, you know, and it's like it doesn't work for them? Our new path. And I think the key word in that uh, Gandhi quote was enduring. And I I, I like that, and I think that speaks to that there are friendships that come and go, and not all friendships endure a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And there's that famous saying. But um, I think one of the things that I get caught up in is judging or shaming or feeling badly that they don't last a lifetime And, and kind of thinking, oh, but I haven't talked to... Sally Sue in a year. Oh, I should call Sally Sue. Oh, I'm a terrible person. Sally Sue emailed me a year ago, and I haven't emailed her back. You know, I can just set myself up instead of kind of coming to some sort of um, embracing the truth of, you know, Sally Sue and I had a great time while we had a great time. And now Mm -hmm. that friendship has transitioned, and we've gone in different ways. And and rather than make it bad, and I think that's another thing I do. I'll have to make something bad to let it go. Instead of just letting it be what it is and 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 joy and what it was, and but it doesn't have to be bad to end. So, you know, enduring. Yes, I think people have to have some sort of similar, ongoing lifestyles and experiences and have some commonality to keep it enduring. But when it ends, it doesn't have to end badly. Right. It doesn't have to be broken. It doesn't right. have to be a bad thing to say. You know what? I'm not the same person I was. And so I need something different. But I also think about a couple of my friends who, with whom I do have ongoing long-term relationships with, and um, and we don't have the same spiritual beliefs or religious beliefs or spiritual practices, and it still works. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, I don't think you have to be exactly the same. I mean, I can think of a couple of friends. I can think of one friend in particular who is Muslim. And so in that sense, it's a different religion, but we have a very deep spiritual. We we realize that we approach the world from a spiritual point of view and seeing good in the world and, and looking for ways that God shows up in the world in a positive way and love. Mm-hmm. So even though the religions are different, the spiritual, um, the commitment to practice the, the lessons and that there you know, is one God and that all these different paths still lead to God, um, that makes that friendship work. And then I have another friend who I do see at least, you know, I, I see it on a regular basis, at least once a month, and talk to, you know, once or twice a month. And and that's interesting because I think that as I have become more and more committed to my spiritual path, um, that it's not comfortable. It's mm. not as comfortable for her. Mm-hmm. But because we have so much history together, we can still have a good time together, but I can't. You know, it doesn't work for us to be around each other all the time. Right. Well, yeah, the quantity of time you spend with different people. And, you know, I have people that I just play with. That sounds better than drink, doesn't it? Yes, it play. does. Uh, well, we're going to go back to that. <laughs> well, you know, I have some people that I just kind of, you know, go out and have that kind of fun with, and, and there's no, no spiritual talk to it. And, and uh, you know, those kind of friendships that I've had, for years, and that's kind of what we do once a month, once a quarter, get together and just kind of go out and do do a play day or a play night. And um, and so I think friendships, different friendships serve different purposes, but I do, um, I do think overall the core group of people that we have in our life, um, Reverend Pitcher talked last, yesterday at the Center of Spiritual Living about community and having a community and uh, the importance of that, and I do really believe in that. I've, I've walked away from different kind of churches over the course of my life. I've been to uh, Christian-based churches, really kind of strangely spiritually-based churches. And, and uh, But I've always found myself looking for something to do on a Sunday morning, and you know, and looking for something to do during the week, and, and, and some place I can go and take classes. And I think that community connection has always been something that's just so important to my soul that I can't stay away from that for long to have that consistent spiritual community 
of somewhere, some some community somehow connected to me is very important to me. You're making me think because um, for many, many years, I got a lot of affirmation for my spiritual beliefs and spiritual practices from community. That's true. And then in my 20s, um, decided that that wasn't important mm. and went a long time, you know, a couple of decades, where my spiritual practice was really important to me, but it was a more solitary one. So I, I, and I oh, had never yeah. really thought about that, that I did not look to have my friends affirm that or to be a part of that. You know, but I would still meditate, and I was very committed to being the message. Wow. And, and people have heard me say this before, you know, that the line that comes really from the Quaker religion of um, let your life speak. Yes. You know, let your life speak um, by what you do and what you say, that people will know what your beliefs are. And in Christianity, there's, um, you know, there's a, a similar kind of, there's a similar a scripture that has the similar message about, you know, be, mm-hmm. be the message, be the disciple, not just, you know, convert people, but really by your life have that happen. And you've talked several times about NAA, mm-hmm. you know, using attraction by how you show up in the world. Mm-hmm. And so that was always really, really important to me. And so I would do a very deep practice but I would almost never talk about it or expect, you know, my friends to talk about it. So in this, in some sense, I still attracted people who were very spiritual, but but we never talked about God and we never talked, hardly ever talked about, you know, religion. Or I would go visit their churches with them hmm. and and be perfectly comfortable. But, of course, in the last, three years, then this whole idea of co-creating spiritual community has been really important to me. And so I guess there is no surprise that now so many of the people I spend a lot of time with are in some ways a part of the spiritual community I'm a part of, Mm -hmm. or the three that I'm I'm really a part of, and, um, and that I spend a lot of time in those three places. And I think that's interesting that you you were able to maintain that deep sense of spiritual connection, um, you know, without the community. And I think different personalities, I don't think I would do that. I think I would kill myself. <laughs> I think I would jump out of the cave that I would say spiritual. Because, you know, I, I am so people. You're the extrovert. Needed, you know, I need I'm people. the introvert. <laughs> right. So. Uh, so, of course, yeah. that would make sense. I'm thinking I would just go crazy if I didn't have somebody to go out and talk to about it. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think for me, and it is true, I am, you know, by nature, I'm more, I'm much more the introvert. And so I process things internally and I can spend hours and hours and days and days alone. And I love to read and I love to study. And, and so I like people, mm-hmm. but I don't get my energy from being around people. Right. And so it's really interesting that I, I think the reason it worked for me was because most of the people I interacted with were also very either involved in their religion, religion mm-hmm. or were spiritually based. And so the behavior was the same, and which is why so many of them are still in my life now. Yes. It's just that wasn't something we shared, you know, on a regular basis. Or talked about, but I wouldn't be attracted to people who didn't have a really a real strong, solid, confident mm-hmm. spiritual grounding. Kind of the core of that. Yeah, and and I can think of specific people who, you know, we tried to find some common ground, but it wasn't there, mm-hmm. and and it was a big mismatch. But they're in their behavior, in their day to day activities, in their choices about what they thought was fun or what they wanted to do. Um, it didn't reflect a spiritual grounding that was similar to mine. Mm-hmm. It might have reflected theirs, but it didn't reflect mine. So, you know, I've I've had 
people who I've tried to get to know, and, you know, we, we kind of feel comfortable with one another, but then they're always gossiping about other people, mm-hmm. or always saying things about others that are negative and judgmental, mm-hmm. you know, and they just kind of fall away from my life because I don't call them back, or, you know, the whole time they're talking, I'm always asking, well, how do you know that to be true? Or, you know, well, why do you hang out with that person yeah. if you really don't How's that like that working it? for you, right? Right. You know, I'm always asking the questions like, well, why do you keep interacting with that person? I don't care that they're related to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you have a choice here. And so a lot of times that will just create some distance because they just want somebody to affirm that, you know, yes, they can play the victim and they're, you know, whatever. And, you know, that's a very interesting point you bring up. I I had a conversation with a really wonderful friend a few weeks ago, and she had just been through something kind of dramatic in her life, and that had caused her to become more verbal in her friendships with people and be more assertive and here's here's what I'm thinking, here's an idea or here's a suggestion versus kind of letting people ramble on and on and on and and not really kind of confronting or gently confronting some some negativity that might be occurring Mm -hmm. in that person's life. And I have always kind of been the opposite extreme of that. You know, I speak into everybody's life <laughs> pretty quickly. I'm the one they don't call back, really. Yeah, I don't have to call them. Because they're like, oh, my God, I'm not talking to her anymore. Because it's, it's just, I, it's like I really feel so strongly if I see something that I think is not helpful, it's almost like I must speak to it or that I'm as accountable for it as the person doing it. I mean, it's just a strange... Always, and that has really gotten me in trouble, a lot of trouble at work in different areas. But I think that is an interesting thing that the true friends, you know, the classic question do you tell your friend that her husband's cheating? I mean, do you tell your friend that her negative tone and, and negative thoughts are creating, you know, outpicturing her life? Do you tell this person, you know, you're going to be dead if you don't start looking at what's going on with you physically? I mean, or do you just sit back and say, I love you, I love you, I love you. Because you have a whole unconditional love, I mean, I want that too. Can we have both? I mean, can you be a, a, you know, an authentic friend that speaks the truth and be unconditionally loving? I say yes. But I say yes. I don't know that people, I don't know that it translates that way. I think when people, when I talk to people many times, they see it as judgment or criticalness. Or And I cannot tell you how many times people come back and say, well, Leslie, look at your life. And I'm like, please, let's look. I'm like, I'm like, I, 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 I can tell you, here are my character defects. I, you know, here's what I'm working on. Here's what I struggle. Here's what I can't seem to get past. And please tell me when you see me doing this. I want you to, because it helps me. I mean, I really, you know, if you love me and and you see me doing something that's not helping me, please don't just sit there and pat me on the head or talk about me. You know, when we get off the phone, help me. Help me see in real time what I'm doing. If I have a blinder to seeing it myself. Yeah, I love that because what you bring up for me is that reminder that sometimes my best friends, it's not an either or. It's not I love you unconditionally so you can do whatever you want. And uh, or and it's not, okay, I'm going to help you be perfect. Here are all the things you need to fix. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really a both and that you give feedback in a loving and caring way and you also are doing that check-in because you love someone. Are they ready? You know, you care about the timing yes. of when you... I have learned that. Right. When, when you <laughs> say what you say, or when you ask questions versus give information. And so it is, you know, I think one of the ways that my friends help me say yes to spirit is, you know, when they give me feedback, about things that I'm doing that are self-sabotage or when they're pushing me a little bit further than I might go on my own mm-hmm. right now today. Right, right. Um, and I have, a, I have one friend who is a master, a true master at pushing me, and, and he will say things to me that I would not let other people say to me mm. because I so trust that he's saying it for my own good. Yes. And it hurts. I mean, there's a sting to it sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I hear it, and I don't, I just, you know, sometimes he'll be like, well, aren't you going to say anything? And I'll be like, um, no, I don't think so. I think that, <laughs> you know, I just need to take in what you're saying, and we'll talk tomorrow uh-huh, uh-huh. after I have time to let it process because right now I'm just going to get defensive or I'm right. just going to react or I'm going to tell you all the reasons why, 
you know, what I'm doing is I'm doing it the way I'm doing it. But I know that he wouldn't have said what he said if he wasn't really, you know, looking at how I could be better. Coming from love. Coming right, from and love. it is coming from love. And so that when you know that, uh-huh. it makes it a little bit easier. And And now there's enough history of that that, you know, nine out of ten times he's been right on target in the past. Mm-hmm. So I know I need to, okay, I need to take that in, and when I get my ego out of the picture, right. see what I can use from that. So, so our friends do help us, our, our true friends mm-hmm. help us say yes to spirit because they do want us to follow the voice of God that we hear in our lives, how we want to show up in the world or what we want to achieve. And they're always looking for the opportunity to help us get there. And God uses our voice, I believe that, yeah. to speak to each other. And um, so, you know, if I'm, if I'm not speaking, you know, and it is a journey for me to learn. I did kind of have to get into some practice and some discernment. Mm-hmm. Discernment is still a big thing for me. You know, is it me? Is it God? Is it me? Is it God? And um, but really, you know, being willing to take that risk and and speaking out, I think, is important. And I learned, well, you said getting defensive, and that is a classic response when you say something that's really true, and the person is really not willing or ready to hear it. The defense, you know, the the uh, onslaught that you get back verbally is like just an affirmation. But uh, that you're right, pretty much. But I learned that trick early on. So when someone said something to me that was really painful and really I didn't want to look at. I would train myself not to be defensive. <laughs> they would not, you know, know it. I'd be like, oh, that's interesting. I'll look at that. Kind of thing, you, know? you were phony and I know. Can you imagine? I know. It's so hard to believe, really. That, uh, <clears throat> as I say, therapists, we're dangerous because we know things, you know. So in a strange way, we can really definitely become fairly fairly, masters, fairly masterful at uh, manipulating the world around us. But... And it isn't interesting, you know, it doesn't serve anybody. I mean, I did it for years, and I got nowhere. <laughs> I went around and around in a, like a record, you know, and did the same thing over and over again, thinking I was so smart and I was so intelligent. And I had Still getting the same, uh, same results. Yeah, the same results that you didn't like mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. in your life. So um, how about if we take a little one-minute break, and then we'll come back and um, read, a devotion. read a devotion. Will that work? That'll work. Great. We'll be right back. encouraging you on your spiritual path. Maybe we should say encouraging you and your friends <laughs> on your I spiritual path. Um, this devotion is titled Ripple Effect. As I walked to my car, I thought, I am a better person for knowing her. Tonight, a friend showed me her new rain gutters that feed into a large container storing the rainwater so it can be used on her plants, flowers, and grass. Her home is very green-friendly. Being green is something I know nothing about, but hearing her excitement makes me want to learn more. And listening to her, I understand the real need to be educated on the simple things I can do. I realize because of her, I am more aware 
interested in, and willing to participate in green activities. It was clear knowing my friend makes me a better person. Better is a rough word because it implies there can be not better. I do believe I leave an imprint behind with each interaction I have, and it is my choice what kind of energy that imprint has. My friend left me feeling better, interested in learning something new, and smiling about the passion she has. I have a hunch God always leaves a positive imprint behind. I am certain I have left positive imprints, as well as imprints that look more like a war zone. I am going to remind myself each day I leave behind a ripple of myself, and it is my choice what that ripple effect looks and feels like. Nice. So friendships, I think, like you said earlier, you know, they they do affect us, and they do have kind of an, a lingering energy that comes after we hang up the phone or after we send the email or when we think about that person, there's an energy associated with them that goes beyond their physical presence, and, and sometimes that's a positive and sometimes it's not so positive. Mm-hmm. I love in the devotion, you know, the, the reminder that everything we do leaves a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and the... In some ways, that's a little scary. Oh, man. <laughs> but it, it absolutely, you know, connects in with me, again, in that context of let your life speak. Mm-hmm. What kind of ripple effect do I want to lead? Mm-hmm. So I want to show up in the world in a way that my friends, especially, especially my friends and my family, um, see me as, you know, being the energy that represents the God spirit, that is love, that is all about beauty and joy, that is, you know, positive and positively supportive. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a choice. That's where the the choice comes in. And so how how do I want to show up? What do I want to talk about? What do I want to read? All of that. you know, goes into that relationship piece. So, yeah, your friend knows all about being green and is, like, conserving and setting this great example. Mm -hmm. Things that uh, so many of my friends do things that I would never think about doing. Mm -hmm. It really does. It opens up our minds to a lot of different things. And that community, again, I come back to the world, accountability. I always think that's an interesting word. People get scared off of that word. I used to not want to be accountable for anything. I don't want to do anything to have to be accountable. Don't even ask me what movie to go to. Then I'm accountable if it's a bad movie. We have a bad night because I chose the movie, not choosing the movie. But, uh, you know, accountable in our community, in our friends, to making that choice. And another reason I think community is so important to me because I can stray pretty quickly. And if I don't have that kind of community or that friend or somebody that I know I'm going to check in with every week or every other day, you know, it brings me back to what are my choices. Because I can very clearly go off and make some bad choices, and if I'm not around anybody that's holding me accountable, you know, my mind can let go of it pretty quickly, and I and I need that external reminder still. You know, I'm not totally in my Zen-like state where I'm my own Buddha. You know, I need Buddhas around me telling me, mm-hmm. you know, what's going on, helping me stay accountable. Emerson uh, said, quote, if you want a friend, be a friend. Yes. And this conversation is reminding me of a, of a conversation I had a few weeks ago with someone who's relatively new to our spiritual community who said, um, who explained how it feels to kind of be in transition, moving away from friends mm. they've known for a long time right. and are accustomed to doing certain things with. And being in transition into this community where there are all these people, you know, all these cool people who are learning about and committed to spiritual practice. And, and wanting to make friends there, but knowing that it takes time to make friends. Mm-hmm. And so feeling kind of like I'm not totally alone, but 
in the meantime. Right, indefinitely. Yeah. It's an in-the-meantime moment of I'm not totally bonded with this new group of friends. My previous group of friends keep calling me or emailing me or texting me, right. come on, let's do this, come on, let's do that, and I don't really want to do those things mm-hmm. anymore, but I don't want to be alone. Right. I don't want to just be in my own skin, you know. And these new friends aren't inviting me yet because they don't really know me, and I'm not inviting them because I don't really know them. It's slow process. Right. So that, that choice about, number one, I, I need to choose how I want to mm-hmm. show up. And, and in effect, what you do is you put the law of attraction to work. Right. When you get really clear about how you want to be and what kinds of friends you need mm-hmm. or you want to have around you. And they'll start showing up. They will start showing up. They it does will. take a long time. It, well, I won't say that. I'm not going to affirm it takes Thank a long you. time. It takes, see, I could catch myself. I really can't. It takes some period of time, and that's a classic thing for people that are in recovery. You know, it's a whole lifestyle that many times has to transition. You know, oh, yeah. And all the friends and all of the drinking buddies and all of the drugging buddies. And so that's a real in-the-meantime kind of experience, and that's why a lot of people when they get into recovery, go to meetings every day because they just have to have somewhere to go or they're going to go right back to where they used to go. And so anytime we change a pattern or, or branch out and change something, uh, it does take some time. And staying with it, you know, takes takes uh, commitment. Do we have commitment on our list of things to talk about? I'd like to talk about commitment sometime, Tracy. Commitment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like they're uh, you know, yeah, commitment. Commitment. Yeah, I like that. That's, there's so many places to go with that. Commitment <laughs> in relationships, commitment to spiritual practice, right, commitment right. to honoring the voice of God in then, yourself, yeah. commitment to tithe, commitment to, I mean, there's... Thank you, Leslie. That was a good commitment one. Commitment is good. <laughs> we might have to move something else out of the way if it's not on the list. I don't have the list in front of me. Um, In the Science of Mind text, um, there actually is a chapter about the law of attraction, and within that chapter, there is a piece about attracting friends. Mm. And um, I'm going to read a piece of that. Do we wish to attract friends? We must begin to image ideal relationships, be they social or otherwise, to sense and feel the presence of friends, to enjoy them in our mentalities, not as an illusion, but as a reality, not as a dream, but as an experience. We need to declare their presence is now here. But we must never look to see if they are here because this would imply doubt Hmm. and would neutralize our word. We can attract the kinds of friends we wish if we specifically designate the kind, but we must never think of certain people or that a particular individual must be one of the friends for this would be hypnotic. Actually, I would say this would be, you know, like totally crazy, like not trusting the universe to bring you the right friends because, oh, I met Leslie in my class and she needs to be my friend. No, I need to think about what I want in a friend. Mm -hmm. And if Leslie is a match for that, then that's going to divulge itself. That's going to show up in our interactions as we get to know each other, as we show up at the same kinds of events. You know, and that's an interesting thing because I think one of my big challenges over the years has been if somebody wanted to be my friend, okay, I'd be like Mikey, you know. (laughs) Okay, Okay. I'll be your friend. And then, you know, I didn't have much of a sense of myself, so then whatever you liked, suddenly I started liking, and then I was like, oh, I never thought I liked that, and then, you know, I'm like six months a year into this friendship, and then I'm like totally into everything you're into, and then I'm like, I wake up one morning, I'm like, what happened to Leslie? Where's Leslie now? Where did I go? You know, it reminds me of that movie, I love that movie um, with Julia Roberts and Richard Gere, Runaway, Runaway Bride. Oh, yeah. He always leaves the altar, and he does this story on her, and he finds out that uh, her favorite, when he asks the grooms that she walked out on what her favorite eggs were, mm-hmm. each one of the five or however many she'd walked away from said, oh, her eggs were my favorite eggs, eggs Benedict, or uh, over easy, five different kinds. So I really do think that's a challenge for me to be able to, to have a friend, really commit to that friendship. There's that word commit again. And... Um, 
and uh, keep my own identity and keep my own priorities. Um, and I did a bunch of different spiritual things. When you said Quaker, I went to Quaker meetings. There are Quaker meetings in Dallas. Yes, there are. I mean, that's pretty progressive. I really thought you had to go to, like, Pennsylvania or something. Or is that the Amish? But, uh, yeah, I went to some Quaker meetings, and it was interesting to me, again, because of my rather thin veil of self, that when I would walk in any kind of spiritual setting, you know, I would attach to it pretty quickly, and I would come away and get get back in my car, who I call Ethel. My car has a spirit name, Ethel. I'd get back in Ethel and be like, oh, Ethel. We found our home, you know, and so I was very quickly attached. <laughs> and then, like, you know, again, two, three, four months down the road, I'm like, because Quakers really meditate, spend the whole hour pretty much meditating. And yes, it's so speak. fabulous. Fabulous is very hard for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's very hard for me. To, not talking. I can, yeah, people. we can share. I wanted to, you know, or be spoken to. Somebody tell me, give me a message, tell me what to do. So um, so it wasn't really a perfect fit for me. But um, it's interesting, the the idea of, maintaining my clear identity at the same time having deep, nurturing friendships. And I think you have to find people that are willing to do that, too, because I know I have found people that once I decided, oh, no, I really don't like, you know, iced tea. I want coffee when I go out and hang out. You know, there are people that will say, oh, man, if you don't like iced tea, then I don't want to be around you. So there is some risk involved in maintaining our own self-identity in friendships because we might lose a friendship. And and for me today, today at uh, 1038, it's okay with me. <laughs> well, yeah, to have that change and to let in and then to not grasp and cling to what was right. as you become who you're going to be. Well, mm-hmm. well, yeah, as you live what is and as you become who you are to become. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and it is an interesting process because the human connection in us does not want to experience loss, what we mm-hmm. perceive as loss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have it. Um, I don't have it easily accessible. But there is a quote, and I want to say it's an Alan Cohen quote, and. Uh, and maybe I'll find it and we'll use it in, in our reflection next week about things from this week. But it talks about really experiencing the joy mm. and being grateful for the relationship that you have had with someone mm-hmm. and knowing that it was perfect and it was, you know, exactly what it was to be. And, um, you know, and when you say goodbye to that, it's, like what you were saying earlier about you don't have to make it bad. Mm-hmm. In fact, it will last forever when you acknowledge what was good about it and why it was perfect for you at the time that you were in that relationship. And being real clear that, you know, here's why it's not perfect for me now. Mm-hmm. But it was perfect. It was exactly where I was. You know, this is these are things we did together. We had a great time. And guess what? I don't want to do those things anymore. Not working for me now. And you use that word relationship. That's another trigger for me, I think, when I'm in a relationship wanting that person to be my best friend. And I just think that's really unhealthy. <laughs> Let me just, I'll just say that now. That hasn't worked for me. If that's working for you, good. I'm happy. But it hasn't worked for me. I think it's important to have, you know, kind of a best friend and then have the relationship. And I think a lot of times women, it's interesting. I used to do a lot of marriage counseling. And the woman would always want the man to be her best friend. And the man was, like, not even wired to be the best friend. You know, the, how the woman thought and things she needed in a best friend and how she wanted to chit and chat and shop and do all those things just didn't work, you know, in the male realm of possibility. So um, I do think it's interesting trying to find everything in one package sometimes is a setup for me for failure as well. Well, and in the context of all relationships, well, two things. One, so relationship shifting to primary or intimate relationship. Right. Which is interesting because i Is there some other way you use the word relationship? Yes. Yeah, so when I used it, I was thinking of a friendship is a relationship. Oh, oh. A business partnership is a relationship. There's no sex involved in every relationship? Okay. All right. And so, that, so that's one piece. And then the other piece of that is, I mean, that example, you know, dealing with a man and a woman, but in same-sex relationships, intimate relationships as well, partners, 
I mean, there's still that challenge about friendship, balancing the friendship and the relationship, or negotiating and navigating mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the friendship and the relationship. And and especially challenging um, for me with with my friends. When I get into a relationship, I tend to want to just be in the relationship and, and lose the friends. You know, that's a classic thing. So for six months later, I don't have any friends. You know, I just have the new relationship. So it is. And then if that goes away or if that's not working well, then <laughs> it is. It's just an interesting quandary. Although in the lesbian community, we do accept that about each other. So we just say, okay, we'll see you in six months when <laughs> things don't work out for you, and then we'll be right here. You know. So it's kind of an underlying uh, definition. So we may need to do a show on relationship too. So a note commitment. About, a note relationship. commitment. <laughs> So I did pull out the list, Mm -hmm. and this is show number nine, I believe, yes. And so commitment will be show number 13. Awesome. So it will be coming up in in a month, in four four weeks. I'll give commercials for it until then, (laughs) (laughs) I have another devotion I'd love to read and then talk about um, our friendship with God as we kind of close out the last ten minutes how this works. And this one is called companionship. When I'm walking with someone, the walk just flies by. And when I walk alone, it seems so much longer. My friend and I went on a walk this morning on a path she walks quite often. As I reached the end, she made the comment on how much quicker the time went because she was walking with someone rather than when she walks alone. I thought immediately about how my life works better when I am with God. The ways I connect to God are journaling, meditating, walks, prayer, and time with my spiritual community. The more moment-to-moment consciousness I have with God, the more my activities, days, and life just seem to work. I have a hunch God designed the human experience to be one of connection. I believe God is my constant companion. When I make the choice to notice God in my day, I make the choice to never walk alone. Sounds like that Jerry Lewis song at the end of the Muscular Dystrophy Telephone. He always sang that song, Never Walk Alone. I always cried. My favorite song of all time. But I do think that, uh, you know, to me is the ultimate friendship and the ultimate connection. And I used to always, when I was kind of new in my spirituality, I would talk to God like a friend, and I would talk to everybody that I'm talking to God or I'm going to go have ice cream with God. I can remember I would sit in a period of time where I was literally kind of make God dates. And people really did kind of think that was a lot. (laughs) But, you know, I was really making a conscious effort to spend time with God because it was so new to me, you know, 25 years ago. I, I, I really didn't have a daily practice. So if I didn't make a date with God, you know, I could forget. And so... Um, it sounds silly, but I really did that, and I really do think that my friendship with God uh, initially had to be a very conscious choice. I had to really consciously decide to spend time with God or look for God or think about God, plan time, and, uh, you know, certainly it's changed now, but I think initially it, it is some, the friendship, just like anything else with God, has to be, any other kind of friendship, has to be nurtured, has to be taken care of. I totally agree with that. So, I mean, there's, and there's no doubt that we both think that's important. Mm-hmm. I mean, anybody who visits GodInMyDay.com right. or subscribes to your daily devotions knows that it, that that um, commitment to really look for right. the the amazing power, mm-hmm. the amazing energy. Um, the amazing things that happen when you notice that something bigger, something bigger than you right. is coursing throughout everything in life and something that is so powerful that's within you is showing up in how you act mm-hmm. with other people, mm-hmm. what you think, what you what you believe, how you feel. So, um, yeah, I think, I think, I think you can't really walk a spiritual path if you don't understand that concept that God is your friend. Yeah. That God is that voice inside of you that knows what is best for you, that will guide you on your path, that will 
allow you to be calm in the windiest storm. And if you don't nurture that, if you don't learn to listen to it, connect with it, life can be really very hard. Mm-hmm. And it is a friendship. <laughs> life can be hard even with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not supposed to be as hard as long. It's supposed to be right. like, that quicker, right? Right. right. <laughs> just move it out of the way, get back to center, and then try again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Yeah, hopefully you don't yeah. spiral down, spiral down, spiral down, spiral down. I, and and our caller mm-hmm. at the top of the hour, mm-hmm. you know, talking about noticing I'm I'm not in tune yes. and fine tuning that connection. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is when you know that you and God are friends. You yes. and God are on a first name basis yes. because you notice when you're not in sync. Yes. Yeah, that's huge. And, and 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 having that awareness leads out of that spiraling so much quicker. I used to spiral for months, years, and now, you know, it's days, moments, hours. So it's a huge thing. And I think God is ever-present, ever-ready. You know, it's just my choice again. And again, like saying yes to spirit and, you know, making that choice on a daily basis. I think many times, too, when we think about friendship, um, you know, it's like, what is this, what's in it for me kind of thing? You know, what am I getting out of this relationship or this friendship, and what am I giving and kind of keeping? I used to keep that, a bit of a, what do you call it, like a check and balance, you know. <laughs> in my head, I'm like, Keeping I, score. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, that's it. That's the traditional thing. And I'm like, you know, I have called her four times, <laughs> and she has not called me once. And so what if she's going through a difficult time? I need my attention. I need something, you know. And so that is something really that I've had to kind of work against and work against. That doesn't sound like a very good thing. I've had to become aware of and work on, perhaps, you know, not keeping score and not caring. And what is that about? You know, that's about my need to feel something or something, get something from you from the outside in. And so there's just nothing good going on there. So that's a real challenge for me to just have really free-flowing friendships, and whatever you do, you get to do, and it's not a reflection on me. I, I came, my mother, I swear to you, she would, everything that I did was a reflection on her. I mean, and I'm not being just kind of funny about that. I mean, she oh, no. literally, everything that I did. What will, what will people think of me, or what yes. will people think of the family? What yes. will people think of us Right. if you do that, if you wear that, or yes. are you going to wear that? Yes. I thought that my parents were going to get divorced because I got a haircut when I was in college. But, you know, my mother didn't really think it was good to go to that person to get a haircut. I mean, it's really that external sense of, uh, you know, who I am. So I think um, with my friendships, that's a very uh, easy trigger for me to get into externally identifying myself through what they do. And if they don't call me back or they don't treat me well, then that means I'm bad. No, that's really about them. You know, that's their choice and that's their decision and and um, I don't have to associate with that, but also I can associate with them and still love them and, and not take that personally. I, that really is the, the sign for me that I evolve to that next level of friendship is when I can say, oh man, you must be struggling. Or in my mind, you know, Sally Sue must be struggling because I haven't heard from her in a month and I've emailed her and I've texted her and I've done all I can do. She knows I love her. She knows I'm here for her, but you know, bless her heart, she must be struggling versus dog on that Sally Sue, what kind of idiot is she? Not right. Why is she that? mistreating <laughs> Right, me? what's wrong with me? What did I do to her? Go back and replay, you know, the last ten conversations we had. So, you know, your example just made me flash, do a flashback to, you know, how and why did that not be, why wasn't that stronger in my life in terms of that approach of kind of needing the approval mm. of, of friends of external folks, but, you know, of all of the challenges that came from being, you know, black in the 60s and the civil rights movement and all of that, there were a lot of challenges. There were a lot of really tough lessons I had to learn really young, but one of the good lessons, one of the things that has served me so well was learning really young that sometimes when people don't want to be your friend, it really has nothing to do with you. Isn't that amazing? Personally, it may be the story they're making up about people in your group. Mm -hmm. It may be a story they're making up about you as an individual, but they don't really know you. 
and they're not taking the time to get to know you, and so you can't like be running after them. And, and <laughs> like me, like me. Right, and and that and you know related to that, the the lesson of you show up and you do the right thing. Right. You treat everybody with respect. You give them their space to be who they are, but. Oh, that's probably where my, you know, my model thing about I don't need to know who you are to be who I am. Yes. You know, that seed got planted when I was, you know, in elementary school, maybe even in kindergarten, but just that I needed to choose Mm -hmm. how I was going to live at that time, what I was learning in the Baptist church and, you know, learning what it was like to be Mm Christ-like. And still now, that Christ consciousness Mm -hmm. How do I let that shine in the way I show up in the world? And it's great if I can find people that I'm compatible with and we can have a good time or we can work on things together. That's great. But there are going to be more people out there who I don't connect with. And not making that bad. Right. And it's like that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, when I was a kid and, you know, going through civil rights and being, you know, a child who was desegregating the schools and having people call you names and all of that, you know, it was a really hard lesson to learn. But now I see how that turned into good for me. I can see that on a very core level. You got that very young. You had to have the message from your family and friends that, you know, it's not about you. And that would have been a powerful, powerful time. Yeah, hard way to learn it. Yeah, but and then really, I don't think I've made that connection so concretely until this conversation right now. But but that's one of the places I learned it through experience, not because of what people mm-hmm. actually, you know, said. And when you learn something through experience, you learn it. <laughs> my my uh, experience yeah. is when I experience it, it's done. It's in my DNA versus just me thinking it or trying to intellectualize it. So what are we talking about next week? Are we talking about something next week? Well, we are oh. talking about something. <laughs> the question is, do we have any idea what it is? What's it coming? Next week we are talking about forgiveness. Oh, forgiveness. Before that, though, we are going to do a meditation on Tuesday, Tuesday night, night from 10.30 p.m. to 11 p.m. Central Time right here on Blog Talk Radio. And last week our meditation was a money meditation. Love that. And it was great. In fact, I think I might go back and listen to the recording <laughs> today myself. Um, and the week before the meditation was a mantra, mantra meditation. That was great. And that is really one of the things I think hopefully, you know, saying yes to spirit takes so many different avenues and our desire is to really get people in community you know when you're on the internet there's a community there and to get some of your uh, background noise in your day to be looking at spirit and listening to conversations about spirit and then in the evening and even replaying I think uh, one person had said they kind of got sleepy because we talked a little bit in the meditation and he kind of um, dozed because it was 10 30 to 11 o'clock we were thinking time frame so some of the meditations we'll do will be, you know, that you can listen to in the middle of the day and not go to sleep, and others might doze you off. So, but um, that, and then the uh, GodInMyDay.com is another way to get people involved in community, yeah. and love to hear people's feedback on that. And uh, Tracy's done a great job of posting something every day, a different thing that you can listen to or read or suggestion on a book or a meditation, and uh, she's gotten some great feedback on that, making a difference in people's lives because it's a real easy way to be involved on a daily basis, find something positive pop up on your screen and look at it. And we keep getting subscribers who hear your devotions on this show or hear about them and say, I want one every day. And so at GodInMyDay.com they can subscribe for $12 for a full year of devotions delivered directly to their personal email inbox. God reminders. (laughs) God reminders. But we'll be back next week on Monday from 11 a.m. to 12 noon Central Time for Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path. If you have comments for us or ideas or suggestions for future shows, please just post them on the comments section on today's show at blogtalkradio.com forward slash YTS. Have a great week.
Jamie, Progressive's number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.